When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't, and we are vibing with you because you are vibing with us. Brandon, as you can see, and only you can see, I'm doing a lot of pointing right now. I just had a sudden energy burst when you pressed that record button. How are you doing, sir? fantastic another night in the restaurant um complete got the weekend off i'll be not on the show for saturday and sunday but um lj will be holding down the ship for us um doing good some interesting results from the games tonight we got this big mets brave series um some other really interesting games and it's nice to be able to talk about games now that we're past the trade deadline. Um, but we we're talking about the actual sport rather than everything around it. And even though I say that our first three things we're talking about are not game related. Um, so we might as well just fly through those. Well, so we have a little yeah, time to, to be, well, to be more specific, if I'm correct, we're only talking about two things that are game related tonight. Two things that we wrote down, that doesn't mean... Oh, the seven things. No, all right. Yeah, so realistically, it's going to be one thing that's game-related. Well, the two things, or the few things to start that aren't game-related. We've had a few guys get released 
from their clubs um, and notable names. You don't see teams release players very often unless they're really in need for that 40-man roster spot. And the Red Sox and Phillies are very desperate for that as the Red Sox have cut Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, They're on the hook for the remainder of his contract. Um, This signifies the official loss of the, for the Red Sox for the Jackie Bradley Jr. Hunter Renfro trade. I don't care that Hunter Renfro is one of the worst hitters in the league this year. You not even wanting to roster the guy you traded for. Uh, you've officially lost that trade now. All right, I'm going to stop you there because I'm sick and tired of this bullshit. Um, and I, and I know you probably did this just to piss me off again. Because no, I I'm being yelled serious. At, I already yelled not... at another one of our friends today in a group chat over it, this. It's you. You lost. Get over it. You lost the trade. There's nothing. First off, there's nothing to get over with, and I'm going to agree that it's probably lost a trade. However, the overplay of what Jackie Bradley Jr. freaking meant to that trade boggles my mind i maybe it's just me maybe first off i was thinking of someone else because hunter renfro is not one of the worst yeah, hitters in the league. So it, it only it only further proves my point though that he's no, and i'm gonna i'm gonna say flat out hunter renfro they're probably they're probably not gonna end up winning the trade however i would like people to stop talking about jackie bradley jr like he was the centerpiece of that trade there were two prospects that are performing very well that had were very well graded top 20 prospects for the Red Sox that went back the other way to, but to the Red Sox in that trade. You cannot tell me that those guys with very niche sets of skills that are good sets of skills. Um, one of them, I think has like an, it has been an obscene base dealer in the minors over the last couple of years. I'm blanking on the names all of a sudden after I was literally doing all this research on it earlier to prove my case that they were not not my case that they won or lost the trade but the case that jackie bradley jr meant nothing to it in my eyes jackie bradley was part of what the red sox were sending back to milwaukee because you sent jackie brad you sent hunter renfro and the payroll flexibility of getting rid of jackie bradley's contract which you're now paying anyways. What? You still have to pay it now that you- I know, uh, that's not what I said. I'm talking about the Brewers. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I was, Brewers, I was trying to look into yeah. how these minor leaguers are doing, LJ. Um, they're de- again, they're it. decent. But either way, all I'm going to say is look, look not at the stats, but look at the grading because that's really what we're talking okay. about. We're looking at the fair. potential of these guys when they were traded. Yeah, no, well, absolutely fair. The Red Sox made the business decision that if they gave, effectively, if they gave the Brewers Hunter Renfro and $14 million for these two prospects, that would be worth it. That's the way I've always viewed this trade because I knew as fun as Jackie is to, see, is to watch, he's not, the, he's not the type of guy you just go trade for. Like at this point was well-proven. There was no way in any way, shape, or form, that he was going to be able to net, net value offensively and defensively for this team. Anyone could have told you that. In my eyes, they wanted to get rid of Renfro. They liked those two guys. The Brewers said, the only way that you're going to be able to get those guys from us is if you take on this Jackie Bradley Jr. contract. They said, 
well, the, the fan base already loves him. So that's not the worst thing in the world. Like there's a lot worse contracts they could have taken on in this situation than a guy who was already beloved by the franchise. Ultimately, that's the, that's the choice they made. Is it the right choice? No, it wasn't. But the panic and crying over Jackie Bradley Jr. both not playing, not playing well, and eventually getting cut this year is something that has bugged me from the very beginning. Well, you know, I hate to say it, but Jackie Bradley Jr., this could be it um, for him in the majors. I, I, I find I it. I just find it hard, even with the defensive value he brings, and he has been uh, a positive value on on a defense this year, absolutely. The negative offensive value he has is just is just too much. it's It's too important to his game. Um, you know, you're looking at the last two years, two over two hundred twenty five games with a forty four OPS plus. Uh, even for a defensive first guy, you can be extremely defensive first. Uh, that's just, it's, it's just not going to cut it. And look, I'm sure he's going to get a minor league deal somewhere because you would, I, I, I can't believe a team wouldn't, but um, he's got to prove that, that he can hit the ball if he wants to make it back. And look, if he doesn't, if you're looking at a Jackie Bradley Jr. career, retrospective from this point there's still plenty of positive things you can say about this guy tremendous value that he brought to some of those Red Sox teams um you know I'm thinking 2016 2017 where it was like those teams were good and you could tell that they were building towards something big which ended up happening in 2018 but they just weren't all there yet and uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. being a key piece of those teams, I think really showed to the Red Sox that, hey, we have this, you know, kind of, we have this guy who's really valuable. He's one of our centerpieces. Betts was still getting better. Ben Intendi was getting up there. It was the three Bs, right? That's that's kind of, that was the whole thing killer, behind the, the, killer the, Bs, the four of them. Oh, yeah, the four of them. Barnes. Um, Bogarts, I meant. Oh, well, five Bs, the quintuple B, the Barnes, five Bs, Bogarts. The woofiest B, Matt Barnes, goat. What about Ryan Brazier? Are we going to forget about him? I love Ryan. I, honestly, that, he was such a undervalued, still is undervalued, but undervalued part of that season, being able to add him from a literal just random minor league try, uh, minor league scouting try, uh, what is that called? Showcase in... Uh, New Jersey, mid-season, pick him up and Crazy. get that going is just a great uh, story. But no, either way, we're talking about a World Series champion. You never can take that away. And you're also talking about one of the staple guys in something that Brandon and I have talked about and agreed has was probably one of the most difficult eras to pick a gold glove center fielder at least in the american league when you had it's it's you know you can look back through those years and just the pure numbers that you know if you're into the advanced defensive stats just go look at what al center fielders were doing in the 2010s 
between Lorenzo Kane, Kevin Kiermeyer, Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, Raymond Laureano a few years ago, uh, just amazing defense uh, shown out there in center. Yeah, and that's why I'll, I'll always feel a little bad for his legacy because of the era he played in, right? Because you look at him, you watch him play, that's a guy who's won more than one gold glove. But he can't. As for whether this is it for the major leagues, yes, it is the, it for the major leagues. And that's one for one reason and the one reason only, the speed. 69 stolen bases for his career at this point. Yeah, you know, it's got to be it. Not the guy, not the, the super speed freak outside of the outfield, um, like on the bases that you need. And my case study here is Billy Hamilton is, has always been worse hitting than Jackie Bradley right now. Could you make an argument that they're pretty much on the same plan at this point? Yes, but at least Jackie had his heights. What's kept him around for now, what is it now? Nine seasons for uh, Billy Hamilton? When did he come up? Yeah, it's just actually his 10th uh, season. Um, 2013, he came up. Yeah, this is 10th season. What's um, kept him around 10 years is the fact that he's a really terrific defensive player. He runs the bases really well. And ultimately, you're going to be able to use those two skills to keep, get you on the field enough. Jackie Bradley, as a defense-only guy, is it, he just cannot be justified to put in the lineup. And if he's not in the lineup every day, he has no value. Well, let's... You can't, you can't add... You can't accumulate defensive war. You can't accumulate any defensive metric, is I guess what I'm saying, when you're playing every fourth day rather than every day. Well, LJ, um, let's talk through another release. The Phillies, they announced a flurry of roster moves prior to their game tonight. Um, they activated Noah Syndergaard and Brandon Marsh. They reinstated Kyle Gibson from the bereavement list. Gene Segura got activated from the 60-day IL. Um, there was three spots on the active roster that were available prior to those moves. Mark Appel, Bailey Falter, Simon Muziati all got optioned. However, they needed an extra spot on the 40-man roster for Gene Segura and that meant having to release Didi Gregorius, um, the longtime Yankee, uh, now Philly for three years. Uh, Has it really you know, only been three years? Yeah, since wow. 2020. It's, it's amazing. Um, you know, I could say a lot about Didi, guy that was very impressionable to me. Um, on those Yankee teams. One of my favorite players. Definitely, when you talk about team chemistry guys, um, it, he was he was there. The power, I mean, he had that swing that was built for Yankee Stadium. Um, you see the power numbers just skyrocket when he was with the Yankees compared to, to everywhere else. It was also during the prime of his career that we got him. Um, and with the Phillies, it just never really worked out. 
which is unfortunate because I was always rooting for this guy. Um, but just a great, great guy, great player. He just like Jackie Bradley, gonna go down. No, re- remembered for having tremendous value at points during his career. Um, and man, what I would do, I would say game three of the 2019 ALCS, Didi hit a ball off of Garrett Cole to the warning track that would have gave the Yankees the lead, flew out right to the warning track with two outs. What I would, what I would do if we could just change one pitch and make that a home run. Um, Cause I think that would have been the craziest I ever saw Yankee stadium, but look, end of the day, great. I'm going to say career for Didi. I think he has more of a chance to reappear in the majors than um, Jackie Bradley, but you're talking a negative 0.5 war for Didi this year, negative 0.8 last year. Um, you know, I think the Phillies are right here. At some point, you just have to, to uh, you know, cut cut ends, cut ties. Yeah, let's – I'm going to take this from two separate sides here. Um, first off, I genuinely don't think that he should have been back this year at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't that, really that was the beginning of the end, was the very fact that you brought put him on that two-year deal the fact that you kept him around starting this season and let him fill up that space. And so they could have traded him. I really think that there was some kind of market this off season. Oh, sure. I, th- I think that the Yankees could have went and got it. I was about to say, you think there's a market for a uh, quality fill in shortstop for stopgap shortstop for a year? Yeah, clearly. I mean, how many, if you had the option, you can still in- use a stopgap, by the way. We're still waiting for that stopgap to actually get there. Um, He's trying. Give Isaiah uh, right. a little enough, bit of a break. Enough. Um, he, okay. there, ain't, there ain't a lot of trying. I need to see a lot more. Um, but anyway, my point being, Bryson Stott was up, was ready to come up and take that role in and at least grow in it. And we've seen a lot of flashes this year where he's been quite successful. And of course they go and they find other guys who work really well in those spots as well. Guys like Yairo Munoz, who they can throw in there. Now those are traded for Edmundo Sosa. I want to say, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Those types of guys that all could have been figured out months earlier and given them more time to develop in that role if they didn't have put Didi in there when they knew that Didi was not an answer past the season, when they knew that they were not going to be re-signing him at the end of this contract, there was no reason to keep him around to that point. But that being said, Didi Gregorius is hundred percent back in the league within the next year, year and a half, because this guy's, he's got too high a pedigree. He's performed too well in the past. He's got, he's always been, at least from my perspective, a guy who isn't much trouble. Like you're not, you're not worried about having D.D. Gregorius. If, if anything, you're celebrating having D.D. Gregorius in your clubhouse. So He's the ultimate team chemistry guy. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, those reasons are all there for him. And then the other thing I want to look at is the whole injury thing, because that was the first thing that came up on the mm. headline for him was 
he his numbers since his injury that basically kept him out all of May. Now keep in mind he had a 686 OPS during the very dead ball um, era. We're still in the dead ball, but there's the very dead ball because who knows what they've done with it since. Um, so are we just saying April is the very dead ball? Or what? I would say April May is the very dead ball, and then they've they've done something, and I don't I don't want to look. I don't want to look. I want to pretend it's called more primetime games is, is, is what yeah. it's called. It's called more national TV games, more games that people are watching now that basketball well, is over with. Yes. The, we should probably be treating the Peacock game like it's a primetime game method. Oh yeah. No, the Peacock. I mean, they really just added primetime games is all they've done this year. The Apple TV games, Friday nights. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, But anyway, so through the dead ball, 686, misses all of May. June comes back, slashes 244, 314, 385, 699. But I feel like there's part, part of that wasn't healthy as well. Like there was some def- up and down there. But basically his last 23 games, uh, he's slashing somewhere around a 116, 151, 188. With uh, so that's like nine hits, one home run, and seven RBIs. That's not good at all. And so, if this is a health, largely health related issue, maybe give him a month off, give him till next season. He gets a, a minor league contract with an invite to spring training in the spring, of course, because that's where spring training would be. Um, and all of a sudden you're going to see him right back with the team because he's had a little time to rest, heal up. And then all of a sudden we see a return back to those numbers because in my, at least in my eyes, a, uh, what did I say before? Uh, 686. If you can get, give me something close to 700 at that point in this, in the year, you're going to be able to put up decent numbers. Like I don't oh, think 700 OPS. You think about it. That's a 350 on base and a 350 slugging. You're doing something right if you have that. Yep, and uh, even more so now. So there's definitely going to be teams that will are willing to look for that and willing to take flyers on that next year. So I think he's 100 percent back in the league and relatively soon. Well, LJ, let's spend, I mean, not a ton of time because there's not a lot with this story, but I'm a minute or two talking about Justin Verlander. Um, you know, we've gone through it many times how great he's pitched this year and is probably on his way to win um, the Cy Young Award. But, you know, the most important thing um, or one of the big important things was seeing how many innings he was going to pitch this year coming off that Tommy John surgery And the Astros um, in his contract made it so that in order for him to vest his player option for 2023, he would need to reach 130 innings pitched. He got to that tonight uh, against the Guardians, had six scoreless innings. And now he officially vested that that $25 million player option for next year. Um, as of right now, you would have to imagine he's not going to pick up that option for $25 million um, because the Astros are not allowed to give him a qualifying offer 
Um, since he declined it last year, he's going to win the Cy Young Award. Based on what Max Scherzer just got at the same age and it's the exact same caliber of pitcher, I find it hard to believe unless he either gets hurt or completely out of nowhere collapses here in the last two months, I find it hard to believe that a team wouldn't give him more than that player option. If I'm a GM and he keeps up this play, I I have to give him more than that. Um, I don't see why you wouldn't want to. Um, and if I'm him, because it is a player option, I'm betting on myself. I know I can get more than that. I'm Justin freaking Verlander. As the number one Justin Verlander fan on this podcast, I'd like to chime in here and take a quick, first off, a quick victory lap for still putting him top 10 and fully predicting this comeback. Maybe not to this extent, but no, to this extent. Confidence. Confidence is key here, folks. Um, I honestly think he takes it. No, come on. He's LJ. He can get more. He can get more. Scherzer, Scherzer getting that money and now Verlander pitching like this almost guarantees him more. It, it's almost a guarantee. All right, all right. Let's calm down on guarantees him more because I'm going to get into – why I don't think he can get Scherzer money in a second. But my top thing I want to talk about here first is the fact that I don't think he will forget at this point. He has pitched 17 years in the majors. He's made major league money for 17 years. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Justin Verlander doesn't need the money anymore. And at this point in his career, he doesn't necessarily need the respect. He may want more. That's up to him. And that's his prerogative. I would never decline him that. However, I think there's a very real situation here where the end of the season comes. The Astros make another deep run in the postseason. Justin Verlander sits there and says, all right, this team took a big risk giving me $25 million coming off of that a major injury at 38 years old. Yes, I repaid them with my performance this year, but they didn't have to take that flyer on me. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he repaid them for having faith in him. It's the same type of thing that we see all the time with these guys um, and that loyalty because he's been nothing but loyal to the Houston Astros since he's gotten there. And he was nothing loyal but loyal to the Detroit Tigers before that. Reasonably, if the Astros opportunity hadn't come up, do you think he ever leaves Detroit? Probably not, but not by his own choice. So ultimately, I guess my point is I can see a world where he takes this out of respect for the team for giving taking a flyer on him. As for the Max Scherzer money, there's two main reasons I don't think that's necessarily possible for him. Number one is the fact that he had a major surgery major injury at 38 him having that that injury missing an entire or basically two years because of this this injury 
I think that negates or takes away some of that money based purely on the risk of re-injury at that age. Like Max Scherzer has been largely healthy to this point in his, in his career. And he was, he was healthy going up to getting that big contract really before. Yeah. So before he got the Mets was with the Mets, he was largely healthy, largely healthy in those years before he got there, not having that risk makes people a lot more comfortable with giving that money. The second thing is you have to look at the rest of the market and what's going to, what that's going to be looking like. Justin Verlander is going to be the second most talented pitcher on that market. If he's the second most talented pitcher out there, that's also going to decrease some of his value because you're not going to have the t- everybody chasing the one guy. No, but I would argue that some of the contracts we've seen um, given to pitchers lately certainly does set the market somewhat well for him. Joe Musgrove getting 20 mil AAV um, definitely helps his case because if you're telling me if you compare Justin Verlander and Joe Musgrove's performances this year, both excellent. I still think there's more than a $5 million gap between those two. If I'm a GM, I'm willing to give Justin Verlander between 33 and 36 mil AAV um, this offseason to forego that player option. I think he's been that good, and there's really no indication that he's slowing down. Um, he, He literally has not missed a beat since 2019 when he was last fully healthy um no i agree it's like it's it's not even like he was injured it's like he's just back and dude he is running away with this al cy young race at this point after tonight he's got the best era easily the most wins um the best era plus uh you know was just an all-star it's 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 hard to make cases for other guys at this point with how well he's been pitching and i also think if you get if he gets an award and i was i get what you're saying he is so loyal to houston and it makes sense because he's just a loyal guy but you know we got to look at who his agent is again um it's isc baseball so he's he's not a Scott Boris client, but still, I, I just feel like there's a chance. There's more of a chance that he. Dec- I'm gonna say there's more than a fifty percent chance that he doesn't accept that player option. It might be fifty one percent, but I, I'll take I'll take fifty fifty. Sure. I'll also say he gets thirty five. Sure. Perfect. Because I just you know I just can't see him getting to the Scherzer level with the with that context. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, Scherzer's like 43, which is an, an insane Scherzer's 43. Um, the difference between 25 and 43, I think somewhere in the middle is definitely. Is he 25? Verlander's at 25 mil, yeah. Because see, the CBS article I've got has him sitting at 33. Verlander? Yeah. No, nah, it's 25. Unless he's getting paid more than what's on the luxury tax bill which could definitely be true and some other weird you know yeah however. let me let me do Where some digging while you go through the next uh topic. next 
Next topic. Well, it's time we talk about a game tonight. Um, and why not with our beloved uh, Los Angeles Angels, who managed to lose a game um, in the most dramatic way once again. Um, Paul Blackburn gets one of the ugliest wins ever because the Angels have not invested in a starting pitcher in um, a long time. The Angels hit seven home runs tonight. It's pretty good, LJ. Yeah, that's okay. Seven home runs. Um, that's okay. They hit seven solo home runs in seven different innings. And they lost. Um, they lost eight to seven. I've never seen anything like this. Otani hit two, two home runs tonight. Three for five with, with two homers. Uh, Joe Adele hit a home run tonight, which, holy crap. And LJ, Mickey Moniak hit a home run for the Angels tonight. Okay. Talk about worlds colliding. Mickey Moniak, Joe Adele, who we were literally joking about playing in the same outfield yesterday. Um, they they both go yard tonight, and the Angels somehow lose to Oakland. Um, Blinking, you'll miss it, but Oakland is only not – they're really not far behind the Angels for, for, for four. Four games back. Yeah. They're, they're like a good – a good 15 days away from being the clear fourth best team in the American League West. Oh, LJ, um, you know, we're forgetting that these two teams play or no. Oh, boy. L.A. goes to Seattle this weekend. So uh, that'll, that'll be, fun. be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah, especially because the because the Mariners just just beat the Yankees in a series. Yeah, they're not hot or anything. Um Oh boy! I mean, LJ, just just thoughts on the Angels somehow managing to lose after hitting seven homers. It's the most Angels thing you could ever guess. Because to lose Oakland too, like come on. Especially seeing, I think we could. And this is something I'd like to work on over the winter. Maybe we'll do it as like a long form episode. Some somehow, some way. I'm not. I'm just workshopping this idea right now, but I'm pretty sure. In the Mike Trout era, there is a way that you could selectively frame the history of the LA Angels, and people would be genuinely convinced that they were the best team in the league through that entire period. This included. Yeah. There's, you could also, in the Mike Trout era, show them a few stats and convince someone that they were the worst team in the league and the worst run team um, in that time. It's just, and I get, I know you can do it with a lot of teams, but to see that there's such a disparity between, there's such a disparity between the way you can frame the success and the amount of good things and good ideas that theoretically have happened to this franchise and the wins. Like, I would say that their poor decisions correlate more to their losses than their good decisions correlate to their wins over the last 10 years. That and is excellently put. Amazing. It's, it's you just kind of at this point, I'm struggling to really give much other than this reaction to this because it's just the most angels thing I can think of. Like 
you just kind of shrug your shoulders at this point and assume this stuff is going to happen. Yeah, it's it's comical. There's there's really nothing you can you can do at this point. Um, and Otani con- continuing another fantastic season, um, just all around. You know, the pitching has really stepped it up for Otani. Um, his last seven outings that he's had as a starter have been uh, nothing short of fantastic. Um, and hitting this year as well, you're still talking about a guy with an 860 OPS. So he's he's being Shohei Otani, that's for sure. Um, and the two homers tonight, it's the most he could do. But right. well, let's go ahead another over game. one one more game here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Braves Mets. Always an electric series this year. Huge series. This is series. And incredibly exciting to watch. And let's mm-hmm. start with the first story of it, and that's Tyler Naquin. Of course, the one of the big free agent grabs or free agent trade deadline grabs for the New York Mets this year. He is excuse me. I'm so sorry. Here, let me reset. Um he is this is his first game at home as a Met. And what does he do, Brandon? He goes two for four. Not only does he go two for four, he goes two for four with two solo home runs. Um, talk about coming up clutch and ingratiating yourself with your new fan base. I'm pretty sure this is the only time that's happened for the Mets. Yeah. Um, awesome to see Tyler Naquin do that. Two bombs. Two bombs. And they were, they were, they were pretty big bombs, of course. Naturally, he is trending on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, everybody's loving it. Everyone's loving it. This Kyle year. Wright was throwing the bat finder tonight. He um, was throwing a big time bat finder. This, this was unideal. This was an unideal performance from Kyle Wright. Um, hopefully, things sneak 13 and five record for Kyle Wright. Wow, 13 wins just shows why, well, the, you know. You know. No, but wait, hold up. Are you really going to use one start as an indictment on the wins stat? No, because, I know. Kyle Wright's been because good. First dude. off, you're, you're, you're right in making that assumption, what you're about to say. This is just a very poor, poor case in showing it because if, you, if we'd framed it differently than six innings, six earned, 13 wins, if we framed it 3 2 2 ERA in 13 wins, I think you're a lot more accepting of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it's just funny because you see, like, a guy like Kyle Wright in his start, he takes the loss. Paul Blackburn in his start gets the win when both pitchers pitched awful. So, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just how it is sometimes. Um, but, Elder, you want to tell us what happened late in the game? Um, I will in a second, but the last player – to homer twice in his home debut was quote former face of MLB runner up Eric Sogard with Tampa Bay back in 2019. Eric Sogard was playing in 2019. Eric Sogard was playing in 2019. Why don't I remember? He was playing song? in 2021 for 78 games. Where was I? 
you weren't watching the Chicago Cubs and forget. Yeah, no. We we did not watch a lot of Cubs last year. The same reason you didn't watch the Chicago Cubs for the same reason you didn't watch the 2020 Milwaukee Brewers on offense. Yeah. Like, there's a reason he's on these teams. Um, but late game, of course, who do you have to turn to? Who are you going to call after you already went to Adam Adovino in the seventh inning? You turn to Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz comes out throwing absolute gas. Two innings, one hit, three strikeouts, one save, his 24th of the season. Brandon, I'm sure you've caught a couple of the highlights, at least at this point. He was electric through the whole thing. Dominance uh, in the one hit. I hope you can find I'll send it to you after because it was one of the more impressive hits I've seen in a very long time from um, Eddie Rosario. He basically he got to a fastball high outside part of the plate and pulled it. I have no clue how he did it. He had no business getting a hit out of that at bat. And yet he did, but it did not matter in the slightest. Edwin Diaz just bowled through everyone. I also want to take this opportunity because this whole trend of loving Edwin Diaz kind of happened as immediately as trade McGinn started. So we never really got an opportunity to appreciate it. Edwin Diaz went from being one of the most hated closers in the league unnecessarily to finally getting the love and respect that he deserves in like the span of two weeks, all because of a stupid TikTok trend. Am I wrong? A stupid TikTok trend and the fact that he has just pitched lights out um, for the past month and a half. He hasn't allowed a run since June 18th. Oh, I mean, yes, absolutely. I 100% agree there, but he was still almost as good before that as well. And that really didn't change much. Like, well, not giving up walk-off homers to the Pirates um, will will make your fan base like you. I can tell you that. Well, all right. Yes, yes, you're right. But that guess- is, LJ, that one game against the Pirates last year where he pointed up in the air on a walk-off home run is – the sole reason why Mets fans hate Edwin Diaz still, but they don't hate him anymore. I, I That's, can't, that is why they, they, they hated him. And I understand, I understand it's tough for them to get over that. It's, it's tough for them to get over it, but if that happened again, I think this, this trend in his now national popularity is kind of pushing him uh, to the point where if he were to blow a save that badly, if he were to Edwin Diaz once more, then I'm not sure it affects him in the same way. I don't think people have the same reaction that they would have even three weeks ago. That's how big a persona he's created in the last month, in my eyes. Go and check his baseball savant page. Uh, holy shit. As, as the... Uh, like, what? It, it, it does not... Like, Josh Hader in his prime. Devin Williams. All right, time out, time out. We're not doing this yet. I'm not re- willing to play this game that Josh. Oh no! Harris- what I'm saying, what I'm saying, I haven't seen a baseball savant page like this. I, I, I honestly ever. I don't even think Soto had oh, this many a hundredth percentile. Oh my! 
it, it's just he's he's the best at every single stat here. All right, so to go through, we've got the 99th percentile and average exit velocity. I'm not sure what the um, qualifier is on that. So he very well could have more innings than quite a bit more innings than the next guy up. But he's the 100th percentile and expected weighted on base average. 100th percentile and expected ERA. 100th percentile and expected batting average and slugging. 100th percentile in whiff rate, 100th percentile in strikeout rate. This is crazy stuff. And you didn't even bring up like the other two that's 99th percentile and 98th percentile. It's crazy. 99th percentile barrel percentage, 98th percentile chase rate. And 99th percentile fastball velocity, which everyone knows. Throwing it harder than So... He's throwing it harder than anybody else, striking out more people than anybody else. And when they do make contact, they're hitting it softer than anyone else. I think there's two types of pitching that I enjoy more than anything else. One is the absolute junk baller where, you know, I don't really, it doesn't matter to me whether you're throwing that breaking pitch 93 or you're for throwing that breaking pitch 86 because you don't have any velocity in your game at all. If you're able to get the movement and you're able to get guys to swing and miss at ugly, ugly pitches, that is very fun to watch. The other thing is what Edwin Diaz does. Edwin Diaz throws the ball through bats. That's basically what he's doing. He's going to sit, he's going to sit out there and he's going to say, all right, my slider and my fastball you're not touching either of them, no matter what you do. I'm going to throw it. You're not going to be able to beat me to that spot. So good luck trying. That, that's his mentality all night. And it's just, it's so gritty, so gutsy. I love to, I love to see it. LJ, um, I just found just an unreal stat here. When you're talking barrels um, and the amount of barrels that Edwin Diaz gives up, Per plate appearance, it is 0.6% of plate appearances end in a barrel. So basically one out of like 200 plate appearances ends in a barrel. Um, no, that's 1.6. Well, wouldn't one be a hundred? If it was 1%, it would be one out of 100. So a half percent would be one out of 200. I'm saying his barrel percentage was 1.6. Still incredible, but um, the moral of the story is... Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, it's not... He he is so dominant, we can't even figure out what exactly we're we're (laughs) supposed to be looking at. The important thing is really we should be saying one ball has been barreled up on Edwin Diaz this season. And it was the homer he gave up. Um, I forget who who homered off of him. Someone. Um, homered off I remember. Him. I remember us talking about Edwin Diaz blowing the save because oh, he's given up two Land homers was, this year. Everyone Three in Mets like lost their minds when he blew the save because that was at the point where he was still one of the most hated players. Let's in the world. see. So there was this game against the Nationals that he gave up a homer. I wonder, no, who 
I don't know. Um, okay, wait, click this. There we go. Okay, now we're cooking. Was it Juan Soto? I think Juan Soto took him yard. Yeah, Juan Soto took him yard. Okay, so that's a pretty good name. Um, I'm feeling I'm going to be willing to bet that Kyle Schwarber also took him yard. Let's see. Someone on the Diamondbacks took him yard. No, no, it was it was it was Harper. I watched that game. No, that was the Braves. Never mind. That was a nasty shot. The one he hit the left to right in um, against the Braves back in like May. Who Harper? Yeah, to tie up that to send the game to extras. Oh right, hold on. Let's see. I want. I, I want to know who did it on the Diamondbacks. Dalton Varshow. Oh, okay. Not surprising either. Not surprising. Okay, that that's my center fielder slash catcher. And then the last one was who did we say that was against? Who who did you think it was? Oh, the Phillies. It was the Phillies. Phillies, Diamondbacks, and Nationals. So far, we have two all-star caliber players on that group. Well, the Mets won this game against the Phillies nine to six. So nice. Um, and that would be none other than yeah, Bryce Harper. I was right. Okay. A homer Maybe with I didn't watch that game. LJ was a home run with a 120 expected batting average. So that's dumb. Well. LJ, anything else tonight? I think we're pretty well set. All right. Um, thank you for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We'll see you. See you, Miana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I 270 and MD 85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1 800 Gambler.